Welcome to Eyes West, the podcast for movers looking for a new place to live in the American West and the connections to get it done. Here's your host, Dick Crawford. Welcome, welcome everyone. This is Dick Crawford and today's animated introduction was from today's guest, Adam Coe, serving the greater Phoenix area. Adam and I have trained in the same network for many, many years and it is a phenomenal coaching network and we have a very similar approach to the real estate business. Today's call is a wonderful opportunity for our listeners to get to know Adam and the greater Phoenix area that he serves. If you would like a formal introduction to Adam, simply contact your local agent or you can contact me and uh, we will be happy to hook you up. Thank you for being on the show today, Adam. How are you doing these days? I'm doing great, Dick. It's uh, good to be here. You know, it's been an interesting market this year with everything going on, but, uh, you know, love what I do every morning. So it's uh, great to get up and be able to help another family uh, get situated in their house out here. All right. That's the Adam Coe attitude I've come to love. Let's just uh, start real quick with your work. Where are you in your real estate career at this point? So I uh, have been uh, dealing real estate here for uh, about 22 years. I actually uh, started doing it uh, just shortly after college. I got, uh, got my first job in uh, working for a home builder. And uh, I, from the, my home builder there, one of my mentors uh, actually asked me if I uh, would get into real estate. And I said, hey, you've got a great personality for this thing and you love helping people. Why don't you uh, get in and help us sell some real estate? So. Uh, that's kind of where I got my uh, my first start was my sales and marketing job for uh, Continental Homes and uh, been doing it now. Well, actually, the home builder thing didn't uh, quite work out the way I thought it was going to because they got bought out by D.L. Horton and uh, the Horton crew uh, wanted somebody with a little bit uh, more experience right out the bat and uh, I was a little green at that time. So I actually started uh, working for a guy that uh, got me into uh, into the, what we do now, right, which is resale. And, uh, you know, which was actually a blessing in disguise because now, uh, you know, as, as we do all the time, right, we can help people with uh, anything that's available real estate related, not just uh, what the builder offers. So it worked out to be pretty good. And here we are 22 years later. Very good. With some construction uh, um, experience in your background. That's always good for a realtor. Yep. Absolutely. And that was a good, uh, was a good little jump start, uh, you know, to get started. I was with them for a couple of years before uh, going off into resale. So it, uh, it actually uh, worked out pretty good to give me a little uh, background on the new home construction and sales. Just a real quick insight to you. I've got a couple of quick questions just to kind of paint a picture about you. Real briefly, what's your approach to the business? So, you know, my whole thing is uh, really kind of finding out what the client needs, right? Uh, you know, we've uh, been in the same uh, coaching company here for, you know, the last 18 years with the Phoenix Company, and I think that, uh, you know, working relationally, not transactionally, is the way to go, right? Building relationships with people and actually, you know, helping them. I mean, over the years now, we've been able to help several generations from parents to, you know, grandparents and now, you know, the kids, and it's just a fantastic deal, right, that just brings you a lot more joy and fulfillment uh, when you actually, you know, have a name to put with a face and it's not just a transaction. So, you know, for us, working relationally is, uh, is the only way to go and uh, just makes you uh, appreciate and enjoy, you know, getting up and doing what you're doing in the morning. And that is a common theme among all the agents that are on this show. We truly love building the relationships and having that servant's heart. So uh, no different in Adam Coe here. 
as realtors, Adam, we wear a lot of different hats during our time with our clients. What's your, your one favorite hat or a favorite hat that you like to wear in your work? I've got a couple, Dick. I think uh, ultimately just, uh, you know, taking uh, everybody else's needs and really seeing what the situation is. You know, like this year in particular, we've had a lot of challenges, right? Uh, uh, as, as much as the real estate business is thriving, right, a lot of people have been having uh, difficulties, right? We've had a handful of people that uh, have gotten divorced and, you know, they're, they're sticky situations. And when people are sharing uh, those types of things with you, right, uh, there's a little higher sensitivity you have to kind of uh, tread lightly with those and, and really take the needs into consideration. So I, I think that uh, really kind of figuring out where they are in their life right now and what's going on and how to kind of put that together uh, to make the transaction, uh, you know, as easy for them as, as possible, being that they're going through a very, you know, difficult time in their life is uh, pretty much, I think, you know, what we uh, thrive at, right, is just really trying to make it as comfortable as possible given the situation is not always easy. Uh, regardless of what's going on in personal lives, which can certainly add to it, but the whole process of moving is a challenging time for a lot of people. So it's good that, that uh, we're there to, to hold their hands. It what definitely you, is, yeah. And I, I think just uh, you know, putting that together and making it uh, as comfortable as possible for them uh, is really very much appreciated. So I find that's a big part of what we do, right, is just kind of uh, – putting on the personal hat, you know, not related to real estate to see what the situation is that we can actually help them get through. And, uh, you know, one piece of that is real estate, but then there's, uh, you know, the personal side with uh, whatever difficulty or challenge they happen to be going through and, uh, you know, making sure that all the pieces fit. And that makes them feel comfortable and engaged along the way. Give me, give me three quick things that you think our listeners should learn about your area today. And the great thing about our area is really the diversity in uh, the weather, right? Uh, you know, we live in a valley here, so uh, all of our cities are pretty much uh, intermingled. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, the greater Phoenix area, but then you go up north and you've got Sedona and you've got Flagstaff. All of that is within a two-hour drive. So you can literally be up in the mountains and skiing in winter, right? Uh, right now, actually, Flagstaff's already gotten snow, so uh, you can hop in your car and uh, you know, be up in the mountains in two hours and then be back down in the valley of the sun and uh, be experiencing 75-degree beautiful weather in the afternoon. So it's a really, really diverse state, and uh, there's just a ton of outdoor stuff here to do from skiing to bike riding to hiking. I mean, you name it, and, uh, you know, we pretty much can, can do it out here. So that's a, that's a big draw for a lot of people is uh, outdoor activities. And you've got a pretty good vibe as a big city, too. You've got a lot of things going on, and lest we uh, forget, we've got spring training uh, goes on. Uh, hopefully, it'll go on next year. So you've got a lot of good... I'm hoping so. <laughs> we've, uh, we've had a couple of people already contact us for housing for spring training, so uh, hopefully that uh, still stays in place. But I know that's a big part of it, too, is all the... All the games that we have there, and uh, in addition to the games, we have car shows and we've got arts festivals and, you know, wine tastings and a ton of stuff that they do from now all the way through about the uh, end of April. And that's uh, all, all comes compliments of steady weather. Now, you're, you're in the greater Phoenix area. If somebody's looking at the map, what are some of the towns they should look for to kind of get an idea of the area that you serve? Name off a few. So uh, our office is located in Chandler. That's actually where I live. We're about 15 minutes from Scottsdale. 
about uh, 20 to 25 minutes from, from the Phoenix area. So we're kind of just a little bit south and a little east of the whole uh, downtown Phoenix. So everything here is pretty close. Um, Gilbert, Chandler, you got the West Valley, right? We have a lot of uh, people coming in right now from California. And uh, their preference, a lot of them have been, uh, you know, west side of town because it's closer to California. And uh, the prices are a little bit less over there right now, too. So you can, uh, you can get quite a bit, and we're finding that that's an area right now that's, uh, that's really been booming. And give me a little bit more about the area. You talked about the mountains and, and, uh, and being within a couple of hours of, of a lot of diverse things. Uh, what about the vibe in town there? What's, what's it like? College town, of course. So, you've got the spring training. You've got some tech firms. Tell me about that. Got a ton of different things out here for that. Uh, you know, if people uh, like the water, right, uh, we have a lot of uh, waterfront-type properties, right? Uh, we actually live on one, too. I love the ocean. And uh, since we don't have ocean in Arizona, right, I bought a house that uh, backs up to a man-made lake, and it's, uh, you know, a beautiful view out the back. So we have a lot of man-made lakes. Uh, we have – actually, it's kind of funny because Arizona does sell more boats per capita than anywhere else in the country – we have uh, a lot of lakes. It, it, is, it is pretty funny, right? We've got a couple of really great lakes, though, uh, that people can go to, right? We've got Powell, and uh, you've got Havasu, and uh, we have a couple of ones that are within a 40-minute drive of us in the valley here. And uh, boats, are, boats are big, right? People enjoy going out on the weekend and taking the boat out and having a good time with the family. So there's a lot of diversity. But uh, as far as the vibe goes, I mean, we're very close to College Town, right? Uh, so people love uh, going into downtown Tempe. There's a big lake down there that's also man-made. And, uh, you know, you can go kayaking out there or take the paddle boat out. And a great place for a little picnic with the family. And, uh, you know, they've got a bunch of little uh, places that are all walkable. And the light rail runs through Tempe as well. So that's, uh, you know, as far as our mass transit, it's really easy to get to. And uh, downtown Scottsdale, too, is uh, I would say that's a little bit older crowd, which is nice. Uh, you know, down in Tempe, you got a lot of the college kids that are down there. But the vibe is great. Uh, there's a lot to do. And uh, our downtown Phoenix area is catching up as well. So uh, that's really been built up uh, the last couple of years and is is getting a little bit more popular, and there's a little more nightlife down there as well. Excellent. And what about that vibe? Uh, go a little bit deeper with that. Are there things like concerts in the park? Um, yeah, so they've got, uh, you know, the concerts in the park. Uh, we have uh, actually in almost every city, uh, they've got those monthly going on right now. It's just been a little bit different with this whole uh, COVID situation. But um, every month right now, we've got farmer's markets in uh, downtown Chandler, downtown Gilbert. Uh, Scottsdale's offering them too. So a lot of the cities, uh, you know, have a local outdoor thing, right? And these are all held outside. So, uh, you know, you just can uh, go walk around and you can uh, check all of that out. It's uh, really pretty neat, right? Uh, being that our weather is as good as it is, there's just a lot to do out here. So you've got uh, farmer's markets for people that like that and they do little uh, arts fairs and, you know, they set up the food, uh, you know, carts, which is really neat too. And we just did one of those up in uh, Fountain Hills about two weeks ago and just kind of took a walk around there and, uh, you know, ate some food and enjoyed the beautiful day. So almost uh, all the little, you know, towns that are outside of uh, Phoenix offer, you know, some kind of farmer's market and, uh, you know, walkable areas and, and fun stuff to do. So the, the vibe is, you know, there, there's always something going on here when the weather's nice. We tend to hibernate a little bit more in the summer months when it gets really hot, but uh, for about the next uh, six or seven months, it's going to be uh, going strong. 
Now, you're getting a lot of relocation uh, to your area. What do you see as some of the top reasons for people, people relocating? Right now, uh, we're seeing one of the top reasons, uh, you know, with the, like I was saying, with everything bad, there's uh, always something good, right? And uh, when COVID hit, uh, a lot of people started working uh, remotely. Well, that whole remote thing uh, basically has now enabled people to be able to, uh, you know, not necessarily work as close to home as they used to be before. So we're seeing a lot of activity from people that were living in more expensive states um, start gravitating more toward Arizona because our property taxes are less expensive and the cost of living is a little bit less expensive. So we've definitely seen uh, a big influx of uh, movers from California, from Washington, Colorado, um, Illinois, just to name a few. Um, you know, the weather's nicer here too. It's a really kind of a neat destination spot as well. So a lot of folks uh, getting ready to retire have, uh, you know, come out here to purchase a home because they can uh, stretch the dollar a little further out here. And uh, we've got some great retirement areas in addition to uh, all the others. I mean, Arizona seems to be uh, booming. And the new construction here, uh, everywhere you look where we used to have empty land is now being built on. So uh, there's a lot of uh, new stuff coming up. There's one thing that Arizona has is a lot of open spaces, and I don't think, uh, in general, I don't think there's a great deal of opposition to building and developing that land. Is that fair to say? There, there is not. Yeah, most of the open land right now, in fact, uh, used to be a lot more of it, but over the last couple of years, right, the uh, builders have really been uh, buying it up, and, uh, you know, we have a kind of a mixed-use thing here similar to, you know, California. And, uh, you know, you don't have residential. Residential and commercial is kind of mixed. So almost any area that people pick here, you know, the one question I get is, well, how far away am I going to be from a grocery store? And, you know, pretty much almost every neighborhood is going to be, you know, five minutes from grocery stores and five minutes from shopping. I mean, everything is really laid out, right? Before the builders go in and do that, they want to make sure that, uh, you know, there's stuff around there. And so it's, uh, it's really uh, pretty interesting the way that the whole uh, valley has been building up. But, uh, you know, almost every area of town now, including the outskirts, has, uh, you know, got some kind of development going on and businesses going in and it's kind of neat to see. What's the uh, employment outlook? Are there particular big employers that you can point to as an example of, of a good employment scene? Yeah, we've got uh, quite a few. I'll tell you, our, our medical uh, stuff out here has really been booming, right? There's a, there's a really big need now for doctors. Uh, that We've had a big influx of doctors and nurses. We've got a couple of tech companies, too, that uh, you know are, are down here as well. I mean, I think there's some pretty good incentives for business owners and businesses to come to Arizona. So I think that's been a big driving factor for a lot of them. You know, we've got GoDaddy down here and uh, PayPal is here and uh, there's there's a few others. But, uh, you know, there's been a lot of work coming to uh, Arizona as well. So we're seeing a lot of companies. Microsoft is, uh, is one that actually purchased uh, several thousand acres of land out on the west side of town. And, uh, you know, so we're, we're sure something's going to be coming out there, too. We're, we're not sure quite what, but uh, there's a lot of good tax incentives and benefits and, uh, you know, great place to, to actually be. So we're seeing a big, uh, big boom right now with, uh, with new jobs coming to Arizona. So jobs are good. The weather's good. You've got wide open spaces. So the development opportunities are good. You got a college town with a great place to retire, so you've got a mix of people. Sounds like a good combination in a lot of different categories. 
It sure is. Yeah, that's kind of what's kept me here. Yeah, yeah. I love it, right? I mean, I think uh, when I hear anybody tell me that, uh, you know, there isn't enough to do, I'm like, you got to get out a little more. I mean, we got a ton of stuff to do out here. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a blast, right? And I love doing stuff outside, and I'm a big outdoor guy. I love, uh, you know, taking my bike out and going for a run or, you know, doing anything outside, right? Uh, even even being out on the water here on the lakes, right? It just uh, really clears your mind and a uh, great way to spend an afternoon. And everything here is really within a, you know, 30 to 40-minute drive of wherever you're going to live in the valley. With a lot of lakes, I'm going to remember that statistic of the highest per capita boat sales in the country. That's, mm-hmm. that's pretty funny. Yeah, you, you never guess it, right, in the desert, no, right, in no. Arizona, that, uh, you know, we sell more boats than anywhere else. But, uh, yeah, you can use them all year. That's one multiple choice answer I would not have gotten correct. So so when a new resident, uh, by definition, a new resident, when they come into town, how do they get involved in the community? What kind of things can they do to feel a part of things, like volunteer opportunities and volunteer events and such? Yeah, I think there's a, a lot of stuff to do out here, right? There's a lot of organizations you can get involved in. Um, you know, right now I think uh, what I've been talking to people about is uh, what their interests are, right? And I think it's really easy to get involved, uh, you know, on social media too. Social media has been a great way to sort of, uh, you know, get to know, you know, what, what people are doing and what your interests are because there's always a group that you can get involved in. and. And, you know, out here, because our weather is nice, right, uh, there's pretty much uh, an organization or an activity group, including charity, right? There's a lot of uh, stuff here that you can plug into locally to help local charities if you want to get involved with that. And I always like to just let people know, too, I'm a good resource, right? I can uh, point people in that direction. And we do a lot of stuff with local charities here, too, in Arizona. So uh, definitely happy to to help people uh, point them in the right direction for whatever their specific need might be. That's good, because so often that's that's the way to, that a person gets tied to the community and feels a, a big part of things and makes it feel like more of a home for them rather than just a place to live. So that that's important mm-hmm. to know. L- let's talk about growth for a minute. How are the regional services keeping up? I have this um, I had this feeling when I was visiting a little while ago that things like the freeways are phenomenal because they're thinking ahead and confirm that for me and and talk about the other regional services so they they are right uh you know i think right now that it's it's really easy to get around here because we do have a pretty amazing freeway system so uh you know when i first moved to arizona uh you know we we had two right we had the i-10 and we had the 60 and now we've got these loops uh we got the 101 uh the 202 and uh, the 202 goes east and west and the 101 goes north and south so Pretty much right now, you can get from one side of the valley to the other uh, in less than an hour, right? It just depends on traffic. But, uh, you know, we're seeing that, uh, you know, for the most part, it's pretty easy to get around here. And uh, we've got a light rail system, too, which uh, they're expanding on here, and they're uh, adding freeway systems down in the southeast part of the valley that we didn't have before just to make access a little bit easier uh, in some of the areas that have really seen a lot of growth. And uh, unfortunately, the freeways always seem to go in a little bit uh, after the uh, houses are in and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, it's catching up. And I think, uh, you know, it's actually really now quite easy to get around. You know, the light rail, unfortunately, doesn't go as many places as people would like it to. And they're expanding on that right now, too. So there's plans in the works to continue to make it better. And, uh the main road that we have, uh, the I-17, that goes from, uh, you know, Phoenix up to the mountains up in Flagstaff, they're, they're expanding that right now and putting in another couple of lanes. 
So they're trying to be proactive and uh, you know do what they can to really make them good. And the nice thing is because we've got great weather, um, our really our streets are very well maintained and uh, pretty quiet. They're using that rubberized asphalt now uh, to uh, get all of that done to make the the road noise uh, lessen a little bit. So uh, it's a great great way to get around now, which we we uh, they keep building on. You mentioned a little bit about congestion. Uh, uh, dep- you said, quote unquote, depending upon traffic. Talk about that a little bit, because um, there are a lot of people moving from big city to small city and from uh, cold to warm, and they just don't want a lot of congestion, or they want to make sure they understand what the congestion is. Is it getting better with the freeways, or is it getting worse with the population growth? What's your take on that? Yeah, I think it's like uh, like everywhere right now. You know, it, it definitely is something you like to avoid if possible, but, uh, you know, what I've noticed right now is with uh, more people working remotely, not as many people are having to go into the office. So right now, you know, you get in there, and uh, in the morning, if you've got to do anything before 8 o'clock, right, there's going to be a little bit of traffic, but it's not going to slow you down that much. Like uh, for me to get into Phoenix, uh, you know, from where I live, is probably about a 20 to 25-minute drive. And, uh, you know, with traffic, it might add another, you know, 10 or 12 minutes to my drive, which isn't terrible. I mean, it moves along. So, uh, you know, it's not like you're in bumper-to-bumper traffic. And, uh, you know, it just, uh, just slows you down a little bit. But uh, I would say that's first thing in the morning. And then, uh, you know, we get the afternoon uh, traffic that starts at about 4 o'clock. But the nice thing is that there's a nice steady flow to it. So unless there's an accident or something, um, you know, it's it's going to move. And the interesting part about Arizona, too, is that it's uh, if you look at the map, it's like a big grid, right? All of our streets here go north and south and east and west. And, uh, you know, I always check uh, traffic before I go anywhere. And if there happens to be an accident or something on the freeway, right, you just take an alternate route. There's a bunch of different ways you can go, or you can get off and take a surface street and just go, you know, whatever direction you need to go. And avoid it. So ultimately, uh, everything moves here. And uh, I have to say, I, I like the layout of our grid system because it does make it easier to uh, bypass if you know if there is an issue on the road. Good deal. When you are driving around town, you're going to need some gas. I always like to ask, what's the cost of a gallon of gas right now in your area? Uh, I just filled up yesterday, and a gallon of gas cost me 225 it's uh, about a dollar less than here in, in Southern California, so that's not bad. That nice tax that you all have on there. <laughs> that's correct. That's correct. Yep. The Lord knows where that money goes, but that's a whole other podcast. Uh, what, yep. When I go to, uh, to Phoenix or anywhere in Arizona, I always time it so that I've got, uh, got an empty tank when I cross the border, and I immediately fill up uh, with Arizona gas. And that brings that's a way to do it. It brings a smile to my face. How about property taxes? Uh, how does that work in Arizona? What's the property tax rate, a base rate? How does that work? So it's, it's based on assessed value. So the interesting thing is, right, uh, you know, for a big city that uh, Phoenix is here, um, you know, you look at other big cities and the property taxes are much, much higher. I would say on average our, our property taxes run about, uh, you know, 0.6%. It can be a little bit higher uh, or a little bit lower depending on whether it's a condo or a, uh, a house. Um, but uh, typically I'd say that the taxes are uh, about 0.6% of the value of the house significantly lower than the 1% base in California. And I say base yeah. because there's a lot of things added on to that, but the 1% base is, is a little bit higher than 0.6. So that's good to hear. 
And that's now, a big, uh, big thing we always get from people uh, coming in from uh, other more expensive uh, states is saying, oh, man, is that a monthly cost or is that your yearly cost? And I said, no, that's, a, that's our yearly cost, right? That's what a lot of people pay per month. So, yeah, it's uh, pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm finding in, in these different uh, calls that I'm making, these different episodes, that uh, taxes do vary quite a bit around the West. So it is, uh, it's not an enormous amount of money, but it is a concern, or, or it should be a consideration, if you will, because it is cash out the door, and it is in, uh, in relation to the different services that are provided. So people do have to pay attention to that. In Southern California, uh, going up and down the coast between LA and San Diego, we've got average home prices that range from $700,000 to well over a million dollars. And those are averages in some of these cities, when you, certainly when you account for the coast. What is the local median price or average home price in your area? Give me an example of, of, of that, if you would. So the average uh, home price uh, right now, uh, and this is valley-wide, right, uh, so you're looking at about 350 is uh, average price, but uh, just kind of depends on, uh, you know, what people are looking for. We've got a lot of people now that are coming in looking for um, investment property, and, uh, you know, if you're looking for investment property and it's not something you're going to live in, right, you just, you always want it to look as nice as possible to give you the best, uh, best return, but uh, you can get a really nice rental property for uh, 350 you know, uh, and depending on whether, you know, we're, we're seeing another big thing that's actually gaining in popularity are the Airbnbs. Um, you know, a lot of people are buying houses and they're furnishing them and they're, they're renting them out for, you know, double what they'd rent out uh, just for standard, uh, you know, long-term lease. So there's a whole other avenue that uh, people are exploring because, uh, you know, the weather is nice out here and people uh, like coming in and spending the winters and being able to go, you know, swim in the backyard and bring their families in especially now with this virus situation, right? Uh, we've seen a few people bring families in and uh, come out and spend a month out here and uh, in the nice weather and just take advantage of what Arizona has to offer. So, uh, yeah, the median price right now is running $350. Uh, it just kind of depends on what you're looking for. I had a client that just closed last week, and they bought a house that was about 415 and had a great, uh, you know, quarter-acre lot in the backyard and, uh, you know, granite countertops and all the, you know, nice things. It just really depends on how dialed in uh, people want the house. And uh, we've got a, a bunch of excellent resources. So if it's cosmetic stuff, we can help them uh, do the cosmetic changes, you know, to the house before they even move in or decide they want to rent it. So we're actually a good resource for helping them get the house ready as well. But uh, uh, in general, I'd say, you know, our, our average median price is about 350 right now. And and you said quarter acre. That's uh, that's a little over ten thousand square foot lot, which is uh, yeah. very very nice. Um, what about new construction? You do have those wide open spaces. We touched on that. Is new construction able to meet demand, or is there a labor and material challenge? No, there's a major labor and material challenge right now. Right, uh, I just went out and uh, got a client in. They were on a lottery system. Uh, right now, the builders are not keeping up with demand. Uh, similar to the rest of the housing shortage that's going on, right? Our, our average time on market right now, as a whole, is uh, is less than 30 days. So we're seeing uh, the nicer houses that are, you know, kind of dialed in and ready to go. We, I don't think I've had anything I put on this year that uh, we haven't put on on a on a Thursday or Friday and have sold over the weekend. So uh, you know, inventory is just going super, super quick, and the builders are 
definitely in that same situation, right? They're having trouble keeping up with demand as well, and they're all running lotteries right now. So, um, you know, the big thing is is to go out and identify a few that you are interested in and uh, put your name in with a few of the builders. And occasionally, right, what happens with people is that uh, circumstance changes because the time right now for a new build is running about nine to ten months. So uh, in that time, right, sometimes people's situation changes or something, and uh, one of them will drop out during construction. So occasionally we can find a good spec home for somebody that uh, one's fallen out, and you just jump in, and, uh, you know, you can get one that's actually getting ready to close in two to four months. It's a matter of keeping your finger on the pulse and paying attention and, getting, and being ready to leap if the opportunity arises. That's it. Well, that's a big thing with uh, right now with the market the way it is, is just uh, being on the communication, right, and calling the builders regularly and, uh, you know, making sure, you know, what their inventory status is. And I think, you know, when we do that, right, we're able to provide something to our clients that a lot of other agents, you know, don't do. And that's uh, basically the key, you know, communication and having relationships with the builders and saying, hey, you know, I hate to be a pain, right? I'm just kind of checking in again. And they go, no, we appreciate that because not everybody's checking in with us right now. So when we have something available, you're going to be the first to know. And uh, they appreciate that from us as well. And um, I think that's what keeps the, uh, you know, the wheels rolling, right, is uh, keeping them all greased and, and having constant communication with the people involved in the uh, transaction, whether it be the builder or the service people that are helping us out can't overemphasize that the value of that of staying in touch when there's an out-of-town buyer wanting new construction and they happen to quote-unquote win and their name is drawn give me a couple more examples how can you help that out-of-town buyer with that new construction process because they're at home working and here's the house being built a, a couple of states away. How do you help them through that process? Yeah, so we, we do, yeah, it's really interesting now with the technology too, right? We do a little video tours for them so we can actually walk the property and we can actually do a live, um, you know, live video so that they can actually, uh, you know, see it uh, live while we walk the property, which is great. Um, you know, pictures are always great too, but uh, we'll go and just do a quick little update for them and just walk the property and say, hey, you know, what time is good for you and love to go walk the property for you so you can see it at frame stage and, you know, you can see it when they pour the slab. And, you know, we pretty much uh, every time there's an update on that, uh, you know, we'll go and we'll uh, check the house out and send them pictures. And, uh, you know, if they want to do a live video, which, uh, you know, a lot of people like to do, right, uh, we'll go and do a live video. And in fact, that's been a way, uh, Dick, that we've actually been able to facilitate. Uh, you know, a lot of people haven't been able to come to Arizona right now because of the whole uh, situation that we're experiencing. So what we've been able to do is, uh, you know, walk them through houses and do, do video tours remotely uh, to give them a better perspective of what they're seeing online. So uh, that's been a, a huge, uh, having that technology available has been uh, just a saving grace. You know, that, that's a, a short commentary on realtors in general. If I can toot our horn for a moment. We are inventive, creative, adaptive, flexible. There's a job to do. We're going to figure out how to get it done. And in this case, with this network, we're going to do it in a very relational way. And that's what makes it fun. There's going to be a challenge today. The only question is, how am I going to meet it? How are we going to attack it, and uh, you know what are we going to do that's going to actually make the process a little bit easier for the buyer? Uh, you know, I know there's a lot of stress put on uh, buyers, especially ones that are relocating. Right, uh, they can't be out here right away. They're 
they're actually selling a house, they're buying a house, uh, you know, they're switching jobs. I mean, it's a, it's a tremendous amount of stress, you know, on, on you individually as a person. And, uh, you know, having somebody on the other side that can actually help facilitate that uh, and make it a little bit smoother for you, uh, you know, I, really makes people happy. So we try to do everything we can to, you know, make the process as easy as we can. And I find the video has just uh, really been tremendous uh, to help people get a, a look, you know, as if they were here uh, when they can't be. Yes, and and we're so much more accepting of that technology these days that it's certainly a no-brainer, and people are very willing to use that as a stand-in. So uh, there you go. We're we're adaptive and flexible. Now. If a buyer is uh, coming in, they've sold their house out of state, and now they're coming in, they need a place to live because the house that's being built has still got another couple of months, or they want to get acclimated before they buy, can they get a short-term rental, or are they Airbnb, as you uh, mentioned earlier? Yeah, so there's a couple different options for that. I mean, I think that's a lot of people right now that are coming here. They're not quite sure what area they want to be in, and uh, a lot of them want something short-term. Uh, you know, the thing that I always say is, you know, I, I definitely want people to have a few months to, you know, get acclimated and figure out what they like and don't and identify a few key areas. But, uh, you know, the great thing right now is that the rates are phenomenally low, right, and that the rents have really skyrocketed. You know, we've seen, uh, you know, the, the rental price just increase dramatically over the last couple of years, right? Every year it just keeps kind of going up a little bit. And Arizona is one of the interesting uh, markets, right? Usually when you're buying property, right, you're buying for cash flow or you're buying for appreciation. And uh, right now, uh, we are kind of experiencing something interesting is that uh, there's both cash flow and appreciation uh, in the market. So, uh, you know, I'm always telling people, if you don't know what you want, right, you can buy something small uh, as an investment and you can rent it out when you do decide what you want, which will keep your price lower than rent. Or you can go ahead and uh, we do have a couple of, uh, you know, options as far as short-term rentals go. So there's a few places out here that, uh, you know, we put people into that are, you know, for short-term, uh, either like, it's like an Airbnb, but, uh, you know, it's like an apartment that, uh, you know, we have a few apartment complexes out here that will do shorter-term rentals, but there's a premium for it. Um, and, of course, Airbnb is always the option too, right? You can come in and just uh, rent something furnished for a couple of months until they figure out what they want to do. So we definitely have a, a few different options depending on what works best for, you know, the individual person. That's good. It, it sounds like uh, your market is a little bit looser than some of the, some of the cities I've been uh, discussing lately. So that's, that's comforting that there's a few more options than normal. Good to hear it. Do you have any um, any advice for that out-of-state buyer who's coming your way, how, sh how they should approach the whole process? I think, uh, you know, the thing is uh, I just find that the best thing to do is kind of just talk to each individual person and uh, figure out a plan specifically tailored to their needs. Uh, I don't have anything prepackaged. I just sort of like to kind of, you know, hear what they need and kind of put the best plan together for them. Uh, I, you know, know that everybody's coming in, they're selling a house, they're not sure, you know, which way to go, but they don't want to be without a house. So I think, uh, you know, it just depends on the circumstance and timing, but we're usually able to do it uh, without, you know, too much of a, of a problem or having people, you know, put stuff in pods for too long. So I think, you know, we've got some really good resources at our disposal here, and it's just a matter of uh, putting a plan together for, you know, the individual person based on what their, their needs are going to be. And ask a lot of questions. 
Ask a lot. So that's the key. The key is asking a ton of questions, right? I always tell people you can never ask. You know, they're like, oh, sorry, I, I don't mean to ask you all these questions. And I go, no, that's actually getting us closer to where we need to be to figure out what the best situation and what the best plan is going to be. So I'm all about, uh, you know, asking a bunch of questions because I think that's how you're going to get, uh, you know, to the bottom of what the need is. You know, they, they talk about attorneys uh, in a trial. They say, you know, never ask a question you don't already know the answer for. Sometimes people won't, won't ask a question because they just assume. Whereas if you just go ahead and ask the question to kind of, kind of elicit some kind of a response from the agent, it's amazing. You'll be surprised sometimes at what the answer is like, oh, well, I was assuming the answer was going to be ABC. You just told me XYZ. I'm glad I asked. So really... Yeah. To your point, uh, just no sense in holding back on the questions. Well, I, I always assume, right, I mean, uh, you know, when you're in a specific type of business, I mean, for us right now in real estate, right, I just don't assume that people know everything, even if they've, you know, had houses they've bought and sold before, uh, you know, they might have an understanding, but I, I think that circumstance always changes, right? Market conditions change, and there's things in the market that are constantly adjusting and shifting, and, uh, you know, you can't ask too many questions, uh, and I, I don't really assume stuff because you, you have to just uh, go with the assumption that, you know, they don't know and that you're explaining it for the first time. And I think there's just a lot of different steps that are nice to, you know, reiterate even if you have heard it. I mean, you know, you will look at us going to the seminars, right, and I've had people tell me, you know, now that I've been in business coaching for 18 years, they go, well, you know, you didn't get it the first few years, and I go, well, it's reiteration, right? You're going over stuff that you already know and you've already heard, but it reinforces it, and I think, you know, when you're working with a trusted advisor, right, you want someone that's going to reinforce what you may have already known and, and kind of help you discover some of the things that you didn't. And along the way, uh, when you're working with somebody from this network, and certainly it's obvious from working with uh, Adam Coe, you're working with someone who is oriented towards growth. We never arrive. We're always in the process of arriving, if you will. Uh, there's always something to learn. There's always a new way to do it. There's always new circumstances to apply the same, uh, same concepts in a different way. So having the heart of a teacher and having somebody who's relational uh, really is, is the combination. And uh, that's what you have. You have that here in our network, and you certainly have it here in, uh, in you, Adam. I appreciate that. Well, thank you, Dick. It's a pleasure to be on here with you today. Well, yes, and, and thank you for your time and your, your focus on this. Uh, all of it very well said, I, I tell you. I just really enjoy learning more and more about all of us and learning about the different areas that we serve. I'm learning something new every day. I just want to thank you for joining me. I appreciate it, Dick. Same to you. All right, sir. You take care. Uh, we'll talk soon. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Adam Coe from the greater Phoenix area, and you can tell he is a very experienced professional and very personable uh, professional who is out there helping you land on both feet in the greater Phoenix area. If you would like me to introduce you formally to Adam, uh, please feel free to contact me and I'll be happy to hook you up. Or, of course, you can contact your local agent and they can hook you up with Adam as well. And to understand the value of using a realtor known to me and my colleagues, listen to the first episode of Eyes West, and that's called the Eyes West Resource. It's at the bottom of the list being the first episode, and uh, it'll give you that uh, little background as to why it's so important to use someone who we know. To learn a little bit more about me, you can Google me as Dick Crawford Realtor, 
I'm always available for your real estate needs here in North Orange County, and I have trustworthy colleagues throughout Southern California who can help in areas that I do not serve. That's all for today. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, be good, be well, and be safe.